0: Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, Tony DeFio, and I sure do thank you for joining me on this kind of cold Friday evening in Pittsburgh, but it is April 1st as I'm recording this show, and that means it can only get warmer, relatively speaking, on average from here on out, and I am certainly excited about that. And I'm excited about uh, you joining me tonight. So uh, I hope we have a good show. And, and before I continue, <coughs> excuse me, I please touch down under with Maddie Peverall and, and Mark Davidson, as you found out earlier on Friday, they did a, They did a fine show on Friday at what five o'clock, I think. Uh, we have <coughs> Steelers preview and Steelers post game show every week, even during the off season. Uh, we have the Scobro show with Dave and his brother, Rich. We have, of course, Know Your Enemy with Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict. That's in regular season. And in, in the off season, it's called The Curtain Call. Uh, let's see what else we have. I think, I think that's it for the live show. Oh, The Hangover. Did I say The Hangover? Yes, The Hangover with Brian and Shannon and yours truly every Monday. And, of course, you can catch all those live shows also live on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook right now watching me, hello. Be gentle, as I always say. Be kind. And, of course, you can catch all those shows after the fact on an audio platform of your choosing. I like iHeartRadio, but you can find all those shows on any platform where you can find podcasts catch those after the fact so please check those out and of course we have a, a a whole team of audio only podcasts including from the cutting room floor with jeffrey benedict the live mic with michael beck let's try with jeff hartman the stat geek with da- the stat geek with dave schofield and of course um what he's talking about with kyle so please check those out and again you can, you can catch those on any audio platform and please check out Behind the Still Curtain, the website. We bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, anything Steelers news related. We'll have it for you. Every, anytime a story breaks, those guys are always on it. Lickety split. So please check that out. And let's say hi to the folks in the live chat. Who was number one? Who was the first one in? Having some uh, technical difficulties, but. Yeah, here we are. All right, let's see who was the first one in tonight. Kathy Ford. She says, "Hey, Tony Pittsburgh." Owen asks, "How are you?" I'm doing great, Owen. Terry Glover, Clarence Washington. He says, "Hey, Tony." Steeler chick forty six. Greg W from YouTube. Jared Double from YouTube. Eric Eric Dove. Uh, let's see, uh, my man Terry, my good friend Terry M- M- Milas. He's. Uh, I just had coffee with him the other day. He's a really good friend of mine, and uh, he's joining us. Tyler Jacobs from Facebook says, what's up, Tony? And I think that's uh, Steelers Pittsburgh. So I think that's everybody. So I hope everybody's having a good Friday, and I hope we have a great show. It's a collaborative effort. So you guys help me make the show. And uh, as the title suggests, it was a pretty uneventful week again. It uh, was the third week of free agency now. And not a whole lot happened. Uh, they signed uh, Carl Joseph to a one-year contract on Thursday. The Steelers announced that move. He was with the team in theory last year. He, he was basically on a practice squad uh, and he appeared in two games. Didn't really make much of an impact. Uh, so they, they have him back in the fold. It remains to be seen if he, what, what plans they have for him, uh, is he going to be a, a backup? Is he does they have plans for him to be the starter? Which I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of hope not. But you never know. Um, I was looking up his stats. And, uh, I mean, he, he started 25 games since 2017. You know, we're talking about a, a former number one pick, a former top 15 pick, I believe, out of West Virginia. Uh, so, you know, he, they say he's a uh, reliable veteran or is he w- or is he even able to give them uh, reliable uh backup reps at this point it, it i think that would be a, a bit uh premature you know to say that uh I, he's really not done a whole heck of a lot in recent years so um i'm guessing at this point they they when it comes to the strong safety position anyway probably a lot of the other positions too but Uh, Strong safety, I'm thinking the Steelers are waiting to see what Tyron Matthew, what he eventually signs for, if he does sign a contract in the very near future. And uh, I think he's considered to be the the top free agent, uh, uh, strong safety on the market, one of the top free agents, period, on the market still. So uh, I think once he signs, that will uh allow all the other dominoes to, to, to sort of fall and and guys like terrell Edmonds can can see what what uh the market is for them and what they can sign for um i i kind of expected them to address the uh that position by now whether it be with a, a matthew even though i didn't really fully expect them to go that route or certainly in Edmonds, i would i would I would have figured that he would have come to a uh, come to terms on a deal by now with somebody and, you know, think, think what you want about him, but he is a pretty good, s- strong safety. He might not be a pro bowler. He might be a bit of a, a uh, reach as a first round pick, but he is a pretty solid, uh strong safety. So uh, the fact that he still remains unsigned, that tells me that that he wants a little, a little bit more than teams are willing to To give him, he he posted a a cryptic tweet on on Friday. Decisions with a light bulb, and it had the the internet a flutter as always. And you know, I mean, these athletes they they're constantly on there, uh, posting cryptic tweets. And I guess if I were them, I'd do the same thing. If I if I can get that kind of a, a reaction out of fans, I would be posting cryptic tweets all the time and i'm sure a lot of them do it just for fun and today is april fool so and maybe that's what that was but but uh i uh i find it hard to believe that they're, they're going to go into the 2022 season with carl joseph as they're starting strong safety or or um miles killebrew in the mix as, as a as a safety or even Trey Norwood. I mean, I I know he could play all kinds of positions, but is he really a strong safety? I don't think he's, you know, if anything, he's a free safety, but we'll see. Uh, Of course the draft is always an option, but I think you have to, if you're them, you have to get a veteran in there, a a, a reliable veteran at this point, somebody who, who can give you quality reps, you know, he might not have, he doesn't have to be a superstar, but somebody who can kind of, Give you a, a steady uh, presence uh, beside Mickey Fitzpatrick in, in that secondary, somebody who can play with him and 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 you know be a, a more of a stable force uh, and let Fitzpatrick do what he does, you know, kind of again, kind of like Ryan Clark was as a free safety, Detroit Palmer with a strong safety, somebody like that. So uh again to repeat myself, my my preference would be to bring Edmonds back into the fold. But, again, it, it, it all depends on what what he wants and what they're willing to pay him or pay any strong safety at this point. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, other than that, there really wasn't a whole lot of major news by the Steelers this week. Um, so that kind of allowed me to finally get into the draft research. I usually wait until about now, about a month ago before the uh, – draft to really get into it and to to rank the players not i don't rank the players but i i write the rankings down i usually use a site called draft tech which if you're watching this or listening to this right now you you either think it's great or it's total trash that's how everybody thinks of everything right anymore it's either great or it's garbage but i've been looking at the uh at that site i like that site mainly because i can navigate it really easily it's one of the few sites that I can navigate without it taking forever. And uh, the thing I noticed more than anything, you know, and so far I've concentrated on offense, but I did write down the top 50 on their big board. But the thing I found the most interesting is wide receiver. You know, that is a position of, of need now for them with the losses of Juju, Smith Schuster, James Washington, and Ray Ray McLeod. So you know, there's definitely a need for a receiver, and the question is, are they going to utilize their first-round pick to draft one, which is something they haven't done since 2006 with San Antonio Holmes. And if you look at the uh, the list of receivers, I mean, it's a really it's a really good list. I mean, it's you, know, you got guys like uh, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, Chris Olive from Ohio State, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, uh, Drake London from USC. My uh, one of my favorite college uh, colleges uh, USC and uh, Jamison Williams from Bama and uh, they're all right there in that sweet spot for the Steelers at pick number twenty. I mean I could see any one of these guys falling the twenty. Uh, even Wilson doesn't seem likely at this point, but you never know. Uh, definitely they're going to have a they're going to have a, a shot at a quality. Wide receiver at number twenty. So, is that the direction they go? It's 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 something that I'm going to keep an eye on because I'm I didn't realize how good this receiving core was until I started doing the uh, my own, my own research, as they say. Uh, the thing I found interesting about about the offensive line is uh, like center. Other than Tyler Lindenbaum, there really isn't any uh, first round value in at the center position this year when last year it was considered a, a much deeper class than, than this year. So that might be something like, I, I, I didn't really think that they would go with a Linder bomb, a Lindenbaum, because they signed Cole and because they, they, they probably still believe in, in Kendrick green after a year on why Whitney he's, he's only a uh, going into a second year and they drafted him in the third round last year. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean just because he struggled last year doesn't mean he can't get better. But if you look at this list, uh, Lindenbaum is is listed as the uh, 20th overall prospect, at least on, on draft tech uh, on their board. And after him, you have Alec Lindstrom from Boston college. He is uh, on their board ranked 102nd. So if Lindenbaum is there and, and you see how deep receivers are and, 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 of course, tackles are, are a little bit deeper than is the uh, center position. Makes you wonder, are they, would they would they pull the trigger on, on a Lindenbaum? And, uh, of course, you have uh, the offensive tackle position. And forgive me if I butcher these names, but Evan Neal, he's the, the top tackle listed. I think mean, he's the top tackle on everybody's board at this point no matter which big board you go by, I think he's the top tackle, maybe even the top prospect in the entire draft on some boards. But after him, you have Ikem Aquanu, I think that's how you say his name, from NC State, Charles Cross from from uh, Mississippi State. He's like a top 15. And of course, everybody's favorite because he's he's projected to go around where the Steelers are drafting. is Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. So uh, I think obviously... Charles Cross and Penning are, are realistic options, and do they go in that direction? You know, you know how I feel about Dan Moore. I like him a lot, but they but they uh, just signed uh, uh, Shuk for to a fairly decent deal. So, you know, it, it's it's nice to say that that they they you know it, go for an offensive tackle, but. Is that something that that, that they're going to wait until a later round to address, or do they feel it like they have to address it at all, other than at de- you know, with with uh backups? So that's an interesting uh, position, and of course, guard, which I don't I don't think that's I think that's kind of off the board now, uh, unless they really hate Kevin Dotson. I think they're they're fine at, at guard with uh, James Daniels and, and 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 Dotson. Of course, you have Cole. He could possibly be at a starting center or or a backup guard um Kendrick Green's going to be in the mix of course you have Joe Haig who could play anywhere except for on, at, at center so i think they're i think i, I don't think they're going to go uh and draft a guard with a premium pick right now tight end of course they're not going to i don't see them going in that direction running back i mean obviously there's a cry every year for for a, a quality backup to whoever is the starter and this year of course it's Najee Harris who they drafted in the first round last year and I'm looking at guys like Brees Hall from from Iowa State he's the top ranked running back on on I think most boards Kenneth Walker from Michigan State uh I could certainly see them addressing that position in the third or fourth round it seems like the kind of the kind of uh round they 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 bring in a, a backup running back. You remember in 2017, I think it was 2017. Yeah. They drafted James Conner uh, with one of their third round picks and, and he was living on Bell's backup for, for what a year. And then of course you had the, the ugly departure, not really that ugly, but the unfortunate departure uh, of Bell due to contract or uh, contract circumstances and 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 connor became the the starter by year two of course i don't think that's going to be the case with with harris he's obviously pegged to be their their workhorse running back for the next four or five six years but there's there's definitely uh room for a for a, a a good backup so that's all i have so far i've been looking at the cornerbacks too and uh there's a lot of decent names on there a lot of decent prospects but there are every year because the cornerback position like like you know edge and and defensive line you know they're those are, are premium they're, they're considered premium position you know but what's the, what's the saying you you pay the quarterback you pay the the guy the quarterback throws to you pay the the guy that that gets after the quarterback you pay the guy that protects the quarterback so obviously uh Cornerbacks and, and pass rushes are, 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 are usually uh, uh pretty high profile uh, players on draft day. So, you know, guys like uh, Ahmed Gardner and Derek Stingley, they're probably going to be gone by the time Pittsburgh picks. But, you know, people like Trent McDuffie and Andrew Booth, they might be, or Roger McCreary from uh, Auburn, they might be a possibilities at 20. You know, there's so many different ways uh, they can go this year in the draft. But, of course, people are, are focused on on quarterback because it's it's the first time in 18 years they've, they've really had to worry about that. And But the more I think about it, um, I, I have no doubt that Malik Willis is going to be gone by the top five or six uh, spots. You got – Carolina you have Atlanta the Saints need a quarterback you know and then of course I doubt another I doubt uh they're going to have their pick of Matt Corral Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter or whatever at 20 so a couple more of those guys is probably going to be gone Desmond Ritter's stocks really starting to rise uh you're starting to see him uh, mocked more and more in the top 20 and of course uh everybody knows Kenny Pickett is 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 a, uh, a top prospect and he's probably going to be gone by the top 10 or 12. So uh, it's going to be one of the more interesting uh, drafts I've seen in a long time because quarterback is certainly in play this year and say what you want about this uh, quarterback class, but there are no guarantees uh, in any draft class. I don't care what you say about the 2023 class you know, there are no guarantees that, 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 that it's going to be a strong class by the time that draft gets here. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, if, if, um, I have a feeling they're going to have a, uh, a chance to draft Matt Corral or, or, uh, Desmond Ritter, or they're going to have a, a, the choice of between both of them. And, you know, if, if, uh, if one or both of those guys is there, are they going to pull the trigger and, and uh, bring in a developmental quarterback, somebody that they feel can sit on the bench for a year and and learn the system while Trubisky does his thing, or are they going to go in a different direction? Are they going to go for a, 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 an offensive tackle? Are they going to go for a receiver and sort of uh, bring in a a playmaking receiver to go along with uh, Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool, who, was long ago that you know people were really high on him. Now he's kind of uh, radioactive as far as a lot of the fans are concerned. But you know, if you look at that receiver position, you know they're really one major weapon away from being a, a, a pretty uh, potent group again. I mean, you 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 bring in a, a big play receiver, a productive receiver potentially anyway, and you and you put him in the mix with with Claypool and Johnson. Suddenly you have a a good receiving core again. Right now it looks pretty, uh, pretty bare in there, that, that group, but uh, you know, one more good player and suddenly you're, you're, you're looking good again. So those are my thoughts on the draft so far. I'm sure I'll have more thoughts before the show's even over, but the, uh, I think the, the most interesting thing to come out of the, now, there, there were a lot of interesting things to come out of the owner's meetings uh, this week, but I think, you know, as far as uh, the rules are concerned, um, they changed the overtime rules for the postseason like I figured they would. And uh, now each team will have w- at least one possession in overtime, regardless of whether or not the team that wins the coin toss or gets the ball first scores a touchdown. So if, if a team scores a touchdown on its first possession of overtime in the playoffs, the other team will have a chance to answer that. So I knew it would happen. Uh, I knew the up, the uproar over the bills chiefs game would, would be too much for the league to ignore. And I figured they would, uh, it seemed like the easiest way to, the easiest thing to do would be to just give each team a possession regardless that's the easiest solution right now uh, I, I didn't see a need to to have a full 15 minute overtime period. I think you know you you're, you're it, it's it's to me it makes the most sense to do to do it the way they did it. I would have been fine if they would have kept it the way it was because like I said, you know the defense has a chance to stop the offense and score themselves and people say, well, that's not fair. It's an offensive league. Yeah. Okay. It is an offensive league. It is a passing league, but there's a reason why pass rushers and cornerbacks uh, make as much money, almost as much money as quarterbacks do nowadays. I mean, you look at the, some of the deals, look at what TJ White got last year. There's a reason why they gave him $80 million. You know, that's how valuable these, these, these guys are. So, yes uh it's a passing league and yes you know if you have a big time quarterback like patrick Mahomes or, or josh allen or, or whomever um they have they have a uh a, an advantage and you know they, they have a chance to end the game right away on the first possession but you, you still have a chance to stop them all it takes is is uh, one three and out and, and you have the ball again but uh for anybody who thinks that that the coin toss still isn't gonna Decide who wins the game. I think Rich Eisen made a, a good point the other day on, 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 his show. And and he said, you know, if, if you're the team that wins a coin toss in overtime in a, of a playoff game, um, you might be more likely to, to defer now because, because you know, if the other team scores a touchdown, you still have a chance to, to answer. And, you know, once you get the ball back, You're going to, you're going to, no matter what happens, you're going to approach things differently than, than, uh, maybe you would have, if if you got the ball first. So for people who think that this takes the coin toss out of the fact, out out of the equation, you might be in for a rude awakening. So I fully expect that at at some point in the next five or 10 years, there's going to be another game that's going to end, uh, in a, in a certain way and the team that loses is going to think that it was, it was uh, done wrong or a lot of the fans around the country, spe- spe- specifically fans of that team are going to think that, or a lot of people in the media are going to think that, and we're going to, we're going to have a 15 minute uh, overtime time in in, 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 the uh, postseason, regardless of what happens, who scores, when, they're going to they're gonna have a full 15-minute quarter, and then whoever's ahead at, that, at the end of that uh, 15 minutes wins. That's how they're going to do it. Uh, and then after that, who knows? Maybe it'll keep going, and before you know it, we'll have a, a six-quarter uh, contest. You just don't know because I don't think there's any way that they can have overtime in the NFL uh, where a team's going to think that, it wasn't um, given a fair chance to to answer at the end. That's just how that's just how this seems to be going. So those are my thoughts on that. But regardless, I think it, it's going to be a, a it's it's not the kind of a rule change that's going to really affect the league um, week in and week out like the pass interference thing did in 2019. Um, that was a a uh, a reaction to what happened in, in the NFC championship game between the Saints and the Rams uh really the Saints probably should have went to the Super Bowl that year but you know the the officials missed an egregious uh defensive pass interference call that would have given the Saints the the um a first down and basically a chance to run out the clock and then kick a field goal to win the game. But, uh, you know, what, what they tried after that uh, with, with the, with opening up uh, past interference to replay, it proved to be a disaster. And by the uh, middle of the first uh, of the, the only year that they did it, they just basically decided to stop even uh, trying to review such plays and, and the league went about its uh, business uh like it always had before it was just that was uh an example of an of a reaction to something that um uh, in 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 theory it sounded good oh yeah let's let's let the officials review these kind of plays but it's so hard to 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 look at a a, a play and in I mean, there are some that are just really egregious that you, oh yeah, that was definitely interference. Um, but you'd like to think they would, <laughs> they would catch those on the field, but more often than not, when you, when you, when you see a pass interference being called, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty ticky tacky mm-hmm. and, uh, to, to ask an official to, to review that and, and, and make it a, a, a determination that way. I just, when you really see how it, it, it it was applied. It just, and now looking, looking at it in hindsight, it's no wonder they scrapped it right away. This overtime thing, this postseason overtime rule, um, I'm pretty confident that it's not going to be a a major issue. Like maybe, maybe once every few years, you'll see it pop up again and and be a a talking point nationally. But, but overall, I, 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 you know, they could do whatever they want with overtime because I, I think it's, I think um, football is one of those sports where, where a game, you know, it's, it's more, it's more even uh, than, than you think. You might uh, think that the offense has a, has a a distinct advantage, but it's football is like, like somebody once said, whenever you, whenever you have a game with a ball, that's not round, you know, it's, 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 lends a certain amount of unpredictability to it. So, you know, you got all these guys flying around. I mean, uh, you could have a bad snap. You could have a a, 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 linebacker, uh, come into the backfield clean and, 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 and sack the quarterback and strip strip them of the ball. And next thing you know, you're running down the field with a defensive touchdown and the game's over. So, you know, it's, it's not that big a deal to me. You know, if they wanted to do this the way they did it with the, uh, the 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 alteration of of that rule I think it's 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 perfectly fine so those are all my thoughts I don't have many this week you can tell uh you can tell uh we're we're still a month away from the draft so I'm sure my uh opinions will will ratchet up as the week as the weeks go on but right now I have nothing else so I'm going to open up some some comments and questions and see what you guys have for me tonight Christopher Levin says with all the refs and cameras out there on any given Sunday, there's no excuse to miss an egregious call. Yes. Well, that's true. And but those things happen every now and then it is what it is. Uh, these are human beings. Um, the problem with the past interference thing is at the time that they missed that call, there was no system in place to review uh pass interference so that it couldn't be reversed but as you saw when they tried to make a rule for that it just it didn't work in application it just was not you know it, it's you know if you look at at most passing plays these guys are hand fighting the entire time they're they're running down the field so you could theoretically call pass interference on any play offensively or defensively so Again, it was one of those things that it seemed like it made sense in the moment. All right, let's open this up to replay. But when they tried to apply it, it just, it just, it just didn't work. So, and the Cuda says there should not be any pass interference calls. Just let them play. Well, that's how it used to be, in a way, <laughs> up until like the uh, the dead ball era of the mid seventies, and then and then they had to uh, they had to make it. Uh, a little harder for defensive backs to play defense. And Owen asked Tony, "Do you think would be better getting veteran free agent as as their running back too?" Yeah, I mean that's that's always an option. I mean, Kalen Bellage was was that guy last year. I, I I think he's still on the team. Um, it, it's it's a uh, it's it's always an option. I mean those those kind of players are usually always available. But uh, you know you still have Anthony McFarland on the roster as a as a uh, former what fourth round pick in 2020. I mean he really hasn't done a whole heck of a lot over his first two years. They tried to uh, implement him more last year. Uh, we'll see what they do with him in his, is uh, going into his uh, third season. But they, yeah, they could always bring in uh, another uh, veteran. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be shocked at all. The only question is is it going to be a uh, a quote-unquote quality veteran, which I doubt they'll be able to find one at this point, but you never know. Clarence Washington says, "Can't wait for the draft." You and me both, Clarence, and for many different reasons. <laughs> I mean the uh, the talk and the, and the speculation. I mean it, it, it's it's getting kind of uh it's getting to be a bit much. Uh, let's just say there's a reason why I wait. Uh, until about a month or so before the event to really get into it. Because, you know, first of all, I love, I love watching the playoffs, even if Pittsburgh's not in it. Like I don't go into mock draft mode. The second that the uh, Pittsburgh season ends. So I like watching that and paying attention to that. And then you have free agency, you know, that usually has a lot to say with what they do in the draft. You know, the, the, if you look at this year, uh, James Daniels, Mason Cole. I mean, now you have two younger guys that you just threw into that line. Did they, is it, you have Dan Moore. You signed Shooks. Is there really a need to draft somebody in the first round, whether it's a uh, center, guard, or tackle? Um, it doesn't appear that way right now. Uh, but then again, you have wide receiver. You lost three guys in free agency. So now that makes that position a much greater priority. So that's kind of like why th- th- those are a couple reasons why I wait. You know, you can only, you can only um, do and, and watch and, and uh, read about so many mock drafts before you just start losing your mind. So I like to wait until about a month. And now when I, when I look at these mock drafts, it it seems fresher to me like, Oh, okay. Like looking at a lot of these guys. I mean, I'm really excited about Kyle Hamilton safety. Uh, Even though I don't think he's going to be, he's going to make it past the top two or three. Uh, He's from Notre Dame. I like him a lot. I've been studying a little bit of of his game. Um, I like, uh, I like Garrett Wilson a lot. I'm just going down like some of these names that I've been studying this past these past few days. I'm intrigued by uh, Drake Johnson, the receiver from USC. I like USC receivers. Um, of course, Lindenbaum is everybody knows about him. Penning, everybody knows about him pretty much by now. Uh, Charles Cross is an interesting prospect. He's like a top 10. Uh, Tackle on you know he's a top 10 prospect But he's you know up there With uh, The top tackles but a lot of people are like I don't want them to to draft him but what if he's there I mean I mean that's somebody who could Possibly be a guy Who could start from day one but It's complicated again because you have Dan Moore who you Drafted in the fourth round Last year and he started for you the entire season And you just signed Shooks to a a New deal and I realized that You know it's not, his contract probably isn't worth the, the paper it's written on, meaning, you know, they could probably get out of it after a year or so. But still, that's a lot of money you're investing in that guy. I don't know. It's, 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 there's so much to consider. And Owen says, Andrew Booth Jr., if he falls, uh, you never know. Shane Giggle says the draft will be fun. Uh, Steelers Pittsburgh says you don't like reading reading mock drafts I mean there's just so many of them you know there's just so many and they come. people come out with them every day and, and there's a reason why they do it because it's a big deal it's a popular thing I mean like any Tom, Dick and Harry or Harry could write a mock draft and people are going to react to it that's just how it is that's why they do it but no I kind of get I kind of get tired of it because it's each one is different. And, you know, they, they, they have ones where they, they trade up, they trade down all these things. And, you know, what really cracks me up is like, I'll do a fake one every few years for April fool's day. People get mad at me, but really, when you think about it, every mock draft's fake because you don't know what these teams are going to do. Last year I had everybody, I think had, had the Bengals drafting, Penny soul uh, tackle because the Bengals needed a lot of help on the offensive line. And they went out and they, they, instead of that, they drafted a receiver, Jamar chase. And it turned out to be a great move because he was the best rookie receiver in the NFL last year. And the Bengals made it to the super bowl. So you might say they might have won it if, if they had better line play, but then again, maybe they don't make it there at all. If they don't have Jamar chase. So, you know, but that's one example of of you know people were certain the Bengals were going to draft Sewell, and then they wound up drafting a receiver. So it's just it's just uh, I mean, I, I it, it is fun to me. It's fun from now moving forward, from now move, now until the twenty eighth, and then a week or so after the draft. That's a lot of fun for me. I like. Learning about these players, I like you know taking looking at the mock drafts. I like uh, doing mock drafts and and kind of predicting uh, where we, these teams are going to go and what's going to happen and what the Steelers are going to do. But I just don't like doing it for four months. Sue me. I just don't think it's fun for four months. It's just not a other people. That's their thing. They love it. They 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 love. Uh, talking about the draft, the entire uh, time between the end of the Steelers season and the draft. Some like doing it twelve months out of the year. Some, I, I swear, they like the draft more than they like actually watching the NFL. And I, I, I'm probably, I bet you, there are a lot of people who secretly are like that. But I'm just not one of those people. So, but it is fun to do in April. It is a fun exercise to, to. Set of these draft picks or prospects, I should say. Um, get to learn, get to know who they are. Get to know, you know, who the top guys are at each position, and it, it gives you a, a, an idea of what what these teams are going to do. But to do it, you know, all year round. I mean, if I was making a full salary doing it, yeah, I'd hey, sign me up. But <laughs> as a uh, as a semi hobby. Nah, you know, it's, it's not, I, I like the actual game and, and I get really sad when, when the season ends and, and, you know, I, I know I have to wait seven, eight months before the next real game starts. So what else we have here? Evan Bachman from YouTube says the first rounder will come from the pro day visits. You're exactly right. It happens every time, but one, yes, usually that's a pretty good indication, but I mean, you look at their pro day visits. I mean, they visited every big time quarterback prospect in this year's draft. So, uh, just by that alone, it it increases the odds that they're going to pick a quarterback, but, you know, they signed Mr. (laughs) Biscay, uh, you know, so, I don't know. Christopher 11 says, I'm almost certain the Steelers front office knows who the top 50 players are. Take the most impactful player in round one. If it was only that easy, right? If it was only that easy, these, uh, they wouldn't call the draft a crap shoot. And Eddie Longs asks, do you think they'll draft a player on, a, uh, on defense first? Well, I think it's a possibility. Obviously, we know about Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, the, Those defensive linemen, They can certainly use help there, if not this year, in the very near future when you're talking about players like Tyson Oluwalu and, and they're uh, getting up there in age. And, of course, Cam's not a spring chicken anymore. of course you have cornerback. I mean, they, they have, uh, right now it would appear three number two corners. And if you look at the board, you got guys like Trent McDuffie and Andrew Booth and Roger McCreary, uh, who are certainly in that, you know, 20 to 30 range as far as, uh, the big board I'm looking at. So they can be possibilities in, in the first round. Um, Safety, I mean, these guys were talking about that in the live chat. Guys like Lewis Kine from Georgia, uh, Daxton Hill from Michigan. Of course, Hamilton, forget about him. He's off the board. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I can see them going defense. And, it, you know, inside linebacker certainly isn't settled. I know they have Miles Jack, uh, but you don't know about, you know, his, his career at this point. looks like it might be regressing a little bit or last year was just a bad year. We don't know yet. Devin Bush, either last year he was coming back from a torn ACL, or he could be uh, heading towards Bustville. We just don't know. So inside linebackers is, is open for, for um, for them. The only one that's probably not a possibility right now would be uh, outside linebacker because you have obviously TJ Watt. I think they're still pretty high on Alex Highsmith. So, any anywhere else on defense is uh you know, as a possibility, I would say, but yeah, you know, they can go anywhere. That's what's so fascinating. Well, it's, it's like that any, anytime they're drafting in the twenties, which they usually are, you know, it can go in any number of, of directions. This year is a little bit different because of the quarterback spot. And that's getting so much, uh, publicity. Plus, you know, they, they, they did so many things in free agency by bringing in Mitch Trubisky by, uh, Bringing in a couple of offensive linemen, so by bringing in Miles, Jack, uh, Levi Wallace, and bringing back Witherspoon, so you know, there's it it just it just opens the door for so many possibilities. But you know, I uh, will continue to speculate on it over the next four weeks. But but um, it's going to be fascinating, I think. So. Michael O'Malley asks, Tony, do you actually think we take one of these project quarterbacks?" I don't. Well, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily projects. I mean, like I said, this this class is uh it's been ridiculed a lot uh, and it's been considered it's considered weak by a lot of the uh, fans and experts alike, but I mean, like I keep saying. It all comes down to how strongly they feel about a particular quarterback, whether it's Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Sam Howell even, you know, um, like I said last week, Sam Howell, if he would have came out last year, he probably would have been a top five pick. But, you know, that's what I mean when people say, well, next year's class is going to be much better. Well, I mean, who knows how many of those guys, are going to regress because of poor play or because of an injury, you know, um it all depends on how they feel about about somebody. If they like somebody and they feel like they can develop him into a a bona, bona fide bona fide starting quarterback in the NFL, then they have to take him because you you have to you have to trust yourself. So do I think they can draft one of these guys? <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, I think I mean, the fact that they've Visited with all of them, including Sam Howe, who I guess people were really scared that they're going to draft him. But, you know, they, they visited with him. They visited with Ritter, all these guys. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this about Sam Howe. I watched him in person last year. I went to the Pitt UNC game and I was really impressed by him. So take that with a grain of salt because I'm certainly not a scout, but I was really impressed by his, uh, his abilities in that game. So, so do I think they can take one of these guys? Yes, I do. Based on everything we've seen so far, I certainly think they can take one of these quarterbacks. But I don't think it's going to be Malik Willis. And I don't think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. I think I think it's going to be two of these three guys, Corral, Ritter, and Howe. I think two of those guys are going to be available. So I think three of them are going to be off the board by the time uh, they pick a 20. It's just a matter of who's going to be gone between Corral how and Ritter. So those are my thoughts. And that's pretty much all I have to say for tonight. I'm a little sleepy tonight, so I'm gonna call it a night. It's about 46 minutes in, anyway. So that's usually how long I do the show. Uh I had a lot of fun talking to you guys tonight. And uh hopefully you have a great weekend. And I can't wait to talk to you again on Monday with Brian and Shannon on the hangover. Until then, have a great weekend and go Steelers. Good night, everybody.